Welcome to Culture Bites, where we take culture theory and turn it into everyday insights. We're powered by Human Synergistics, and our mission is to change the world one organization at a time. We can only do that together with our amazing community, so thank you for listening. Before we get going on this week's episode of Culture Bites, we've been getting a lot of questions about our annual conference this year, Corinne. Yeah, we have a lot of people been wondering whether we're going to have a conference at all because our conferences are usually physical, but we're pretty excited. We're going bigger and better and we're actually holding an Asia-Pacific virtual conference event. So it's an extravaganza. So it's not just Australia, it's not just New Zealand, it's Asia-Pacific. It's going to be held over three mornings or three days from the 25th of August to the 27th. A slightly different format this time, Corinne. Yeah, we're... They're not full days, so they are story-based, shorter days. So we're going to have two client stories each morning, and the client story is going to be a bit different. The clients are still going to share their culture and leadership story, but then we're going to interview them, Dom, much as we would in a podcast Mm -hmm. where we can talk to them about the the behind-the-scenes story, so the story behind the story. Then there'll be a break, and then there'll be a – we're having a CEO panel on one of the days and then we're going to have day two and day three will be interactive workshops of 90 minutes. So they're quite short days but they're filled with a diverse range of stories from our clients from across all different sectors and industries from New Zealand, from Australia, from Hong Kong. We've even potentially got some others coming from the Pacific. So this is a complimentary event. So if it sounds like you... You know, we'd love to see you there. Invite your colleagues, invite your friends, more the merrier in a virtual setting. If you want to sign up, we've got in the description of this podcast will be a link to the website where you'll be able to sign up. So check it out. We'd love to see you there. Welcome to Culture Bites. My name's Dominic Gawley. I'm a consultant with Human Synergistics Australia, and I'm joined by our director and MD, David Byram. Hi, DB. Good morning, Dom. How are you? Yeah, doing really well, DB. So I want to talk to you today about a a topic that comes up a bit. You know, people talk about culture being the competitive advantage that others can't copy, right? And so I guess my question is, can you copy culture? And if not, why not? How about we go through that? That's a really good question, Dom. It was a very close question, so I'm going to say no. (laughs) (laughs) Why do you say no? Yeah, good follow-up. It's a really good question. Can you copy culture? Yeah, I'm going to lead with no. You can copy systems and processes, Uh but the core is in the execution and the behaviors, which are unique to the organization. So let's, let's go back to the beginning, and I think I'll answer this with ideal culture. So what we know is... All organizations have an aspiration Uh. which aligns to constructive behaviors. As represented in the circumplex, all directed towards satisfaction needs. And we see that when we do ideal culture plots across industry and even across levels in organizations. The predominant behaviors that people aspire to are constructive. Uh. So in some respects, the end goal is the same. Uh which you could extrapolate to the ideal culture's representation of the values, what the organization values, uh-huh. is the same. It's consistent, you'd say. We value- The aspirational value. Yeah. Yep. We, we value making a difference. Uh-huh. 
for example, we value creativity, we value supporting others, we value relationships we're building. And people go to the Google School of Values and type in the top seven values and they'll spit them out, honesty, integrity, et cetera. So that's consistent, which is why I liked your question, can you copy culture? But what becomes different is the actual culture. So now can I supplant a culture from unit A and drop it into unit B? Yes. So what's now what's cre- so the key is what's creating that culture in unit A. Mm. And what I think people often look to, DB, is you know, we read the articles on Harvard Business Review or on LinkedIn or wherever. And it's particularly, I guess, nowadays it's everyone looks at the tech companies in yep. particular. So, you know, Google's doing this and you know, Alassian's doing that or Facebook's doing this thing, whatever it is. And so they take that thing. So like in Google, it's 20% time or maybe it's agile methodology or maybe it's, you know, uh, flexible work, hot desking, all this kind of stuff. And they supplant it into their organization, expecting that means now we'll, we'll be creative or we'll be this stuff. With the leaders that we originally had. Yes. So, yep. So we've, and that's a good example of we've supplanted a system. Mm. or a process, congratulations, everyone can have 20% of their day doing creative things. Cool. Go. Be creative. Yeah. But we haven't created any of the expectations around that creativity or any of the support behaviors from the leaders to actually drive- To enable. And create Mm. this, and enable is a good word, to create this culture of innovation. Mm. And often what people see is they see the outcomes or the systems and they try and supplant them, mm. and they go, it's not working. Mm. And it's like looking, and the analogy I once heard was, uh, it's like looking at, I was going to say a million, but a million dollars is not a lot of money nowadays. It is for me, but not for most. It's like looking at someone with a $100 million or a, an organization that's a billion-dollar company mm. and saying, if we do what we do, if we do what they do, we could be the same. Mm. But the challenge is you've got to do what they did to get there. Yes. So they've learned something. They've They've, been on a journey. They've been on this path to get there. So you can't just take what they've got now and you're there. They've gone on this journey of development evolution to get here. So the organization saying have 20% of your time doing this has evolved to 20% of our time. Visually, what we see is 20%, but mechanically, it's the behaviors that underpin that, that drive and make that work. Mm. So now the question becomes, what's driving those behaviors? Mm. So if I wanted to supplant a culture, I need to supplant all the systems that are driving those behaviors. So now I'm looking in at all the, all the causal factors mm. that are driving it. So I'm looking at leadership, communication, job design, goal setting, use of rewards, performance appraisal systems, HR systems. Then I'm looking at involvement and structures. And then I'm into mission and philosophy of our organization, the purpose. So all of a sudden now I've transplanted a system that says 20% innovation, but does our purpose align to that 20% innovation? Mm. Does our involvement align? Do our goals align? So does the environment align? Does it actually support this new system we're putting in place? So the long and short is if you put in a system but nothing else aligns, you're not going to be able to copy. Right. So it's here's go on this innovation course or we're bringing in this new innovation tool or whatever it is. But the culture still says, don't make a mistake, don't rock the boat, 
Don't try something new. Do it the way we've done it. Make sure it's perfect, you know, before you bring it out. Hell yeah, I'm going to be innovative. Yeah, right? So, <laughs> Absolutely So not. it's kind of, so basically it's the the soil or the environment or whatever yeah. you want to say we're planting this into. Yeah, we, that's right. So it's this, because we're working a system view, all right? And it, I think Shine's now got his lily pod, pod analogy, which is a great analogy, right? So we're talking about the lilies look great. So 20% innovation in his analogy looks great. Mm. But it's the it's the soil that the lilies are in. It's the constituents in the water and the chemicals in the water. Mm. It's all been driven by the farmer. Mm. So we've now got all these other variables mm. that we're going to influence. So can I pick it up, holus bolus, and transplant it? I'd say no. Mm. But if you want to have an environment that's innovative, what are the levers you can pull based on where you are right now to create the environment that's innovative? The other thing I'd say is you got to bear in mind, I can pull these levers and change the nutrients in the soil example, or the levers in our organization around leadership communication, but those levers are also heavily influenced by the current culture. Mm. So the current culture is actually dictating how innovative we'll be mm. and how open we'll be to new ideas and how willing I'll be to explore. So if that culture is saying absolutely no way, I've got no chance. Mm. And particularly if the jobs are not designed that way and leaders don't communicate there, I'm not recognized or rewarded for that as well. Mm. So it's a real challenge because we see lots of ideas and lots of good things out there. Yeah. But what's making those good things work? Yes. And exactly. And it's the underlying conditions, right? And that's often what's missed because in your example, we see the flower on the tree and we want to trim the flower off. Yep. But then we're surprised that it wilts when we, you know, because it's just in a vase or whatever. Yep. It's not in the soil, you yeah. know. And I like the flower or the grass. I'm a little bit of a red wine drinker occasionally. I thought you were going to say a green thumb, but yeah. Uh, no, <laughs> green thumb, zero. But we know certain grapes grow right. better in certain areas. Right. So it's recognizing the environment around to help people flourish. So, and you just can't transplant straight an idea and it's going to work straight away. There's other factors I've got to consider. Yeah. So it's a complex question. But that's also why if you put the time into building the environment and building the soil and building the conditions, the culture, that's why it's a competitive advantage because now others can't copy that. And that's often you hear people say it's a unique competitive advantage, me included. I say your culture is your unique competitive advantage. And it's because it's unique. Mm. It's because you have it. Mm. You've created it. You're nurturing it, mm. whatever it is. Let's assume that's quite constructive. Now your challenge is to keep nurturing it, so you can sustain it. Others can't copy it mm. unless they transplanted all of the people in the systems mm. from organisation A. So to they just change the name on the organisation door. B. Now even changing the name on the door, <laughs> yeah, can can have its challenges, right? Yeah. Well, hang on. I used to work for. That's when organisations get acquired. Uh huh. All right. And this is the one of the big challenges with the M&As, which we're sidetracking our topic here now. Organizations get acquired and they might have had a really good culture, but it's mm. lost because mm. the bigger system they're in doesn't allow them yeah, it swallows to them. operate that way. Yeah. So even though they had a really good culture and the organization acquiring organization, we want your culture. Bought them for that culture, yeah. We want your culture. We want you to infiltrate that and it's lost. Yes, but- we're going to put you into this new, we're going to transplant you yeah. <laughs> to continue my uh, yeah. gardening theme. Yeah. Um, so, and that's, that's the challenge, right? Because 
I can't just transplant. I've got to have all the environment around it support it. Mm. And it's not there. And we know leadership's a big one. Mm. So when I say I'm transplanting in innovation time, we'll go back to our innovation time, 20% innovation time, does my leaders actually believe and support that? Mm. So what are the leaders? Uh, and we talk about direct impact of leaders and we talk about indirect. Mm. So what are the leaders directly and indirectly impacting? through their role modeling, through their language, through their tone, through where they place emphasis. And they're some of the variables we measure in that organizational effectiveness imagery. Unless I transplant the leader and then their leader as well, because that leader has been impacted by another leader. So the watch out is I see really good ideas and systems, look at them, grab them, understanding the execution behind those ideas is the key. Understanding what's driving that organization to have that initiative to be successful. Mm. What do you need to do from your system to make it successful? Mm. So you can copy ideas, but you can't directly copy the culture. It, it, it kind of reminds me, DB, I'm an avid fan of biographies, books, right? And I, I love reading them. And you can learn lessons from other people's life story. You know, you can take lessons. But it's not the same as loving it. No. You know, it's not the same as having been in that situation. Like I can read about someone who's gone through this and draw some ideas yeah. from it, but it's not exactly the same as their journey actually going through it. <laughs> Do you know well, what I mean? And that's right. And what you see on the surface is built up by a lot of stuff and a lot of heartache underneath uh-huh. and a, potentially a lot of false starts. Yep. We hear about the, the innovation time. I think Atlassian has something similar. Mm. So you hear about the innovation time. But it didn't start there. No. There were systems and processes and behaviors allowed it to actually get to that point in time. Yeah. And the biographies is a good example. It's a really good example. Take the tips, take the insights, but just pause on reflection. How do we make it work for us? Yeah. So can you copy culture? No. I think you can take attributes, you can adapt, and you can learn, but the big challenge is how do I make it work in my environment and become constructive? Because each of those constructive styles will be in your own way. Uh-huh. The degree to which we're encouraging people to operate those constructive ways. That said, we're all aspiring for the same thing. Our aspirational, our ideal cultures are very aligned. That's how, how we do it. That's how we do it. It's the difference. I love it, DB. I love that that expanded from a one-word answer to a uh, more elaborate answer. But I, I loved it. I think you're, you're spot on there that let's take the good ideas, but we need to think about the context we're putting them into and we need to build the conditions to make them successful. Beautiful. Thanks for your time, DB. My pleasure, Dom. I hope it's answered the question for the, uh, for the networking community out there. And please send in more, more questions. We love your questions. We uh, love doing these podcast series for you guys. So, Dom, I'm happy to come back in the uh, studio at any time and maybe... Uh, I'll turn the tables on you one day. All right, let's do it. I'll hold you to that. Thanks, DB. Thanks, Tom. I hope you enjoyed that episode of Culture Bites. Just a reminder, we've got our annual conference coming up for 2020. It's on the 25th to 27th of August. There's a link in the description of this episode. We hope to see you there. Thanks for listening to this episode of Culture Bites. If you enjoy the show, Remember to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, leave us a review. It helps other people to find the show. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, 
email podcast at human-synergistics.com.au. We'd love to answer it. This podcast is copyrighted by Human Synergistics Australia, all rights reserved. To learn more about what we do, visit human-synergistics.com.au. Thank you.